Hello there and welcome back to another edition of BBFB. Sorry for the short absence, but don't worry, BBFB is back and here to stay. I'm your host Nick and today I'm looking at Strange Apparitions, which collects Detective Comics number 469 through to 479 and was published in 1999. The book is written by Steve Englehart, who is a critically acclaimed writer and has also worked on Batman Dark Detective as well as being involved in writing the Batman 89 film. However, in issues 478 and 479, Lem Wine takes over with a two-part Clayface story. And Lem Wine has worked on the Batman series for a period of time, even creating the character of Lucius Fox. Art is provided by Marshall Rogers, who's worked on Legends of the Dark Knight, and Walt Simonson, who has worked on Batman and Detective at various times. This book is held in very high regard and seems to be considered great material from a bygone age of comics. Let's see what I think. You talk big, pretty boy, but you ain't gonna be when Mr. Thorne gets through with you. He chews up and spits out creeps like you for breakfast. The plot involves many different short stories. I'll run through them as quick as I can, giving a brief summary of some of the stories. When Alfred collapses, Batman discovers many more people are mysteriously becoming sick. The Dark Knight realises that the Gotham City water supply has been contaminated, so he goes to the Gotham Reservoir and finds the person responsible for the contamination, Dr. Phosphorus. Dr. Phosphorus visits an old colleague and explains how he became a monster when the reactor core at a nuclear power plant in which they both invested exploded, and that he now plans to take his revenge on all those he blames, particularly City Council Chairman Rupert Thorne. Batman confronts Dr. Phosphorus at the new Gotham City offshore nuclear power plant. In a later story, Bruce Wayne checks into the private hospital Grey Towers to recover from injuries he sustained fighting Dr. Phosphorus. But he soon discovers that Hugo Strange is using the facility to turn the rich and influential patients into his mindless slaves. When Strange sicks a venomous snake on Batman, which knocks the hero out, Strange uncovers Batman's secret identity. Hugo Strange then takes over Bruce Wayne's life. He offers to sell the Batman's secret identity to the highest bidder. But Boss Thorne doesn't want to play that game and tries to beat the information out of Strange. Meanwhile, Silver St. Cloud, who suspects something is wrong with Bruce, summons Dick Grayson, who rescues Batman from Strange's captivity as Robin. We then get a story with Penguin, who seems to have desires to steal the statue of the Malay Penguin. Batman decodes the clues, the villain drops, and puts a stop to his real plot. We then get a story with Deadshot. With Penguin's unwilling help, Deadshot escapes from prison and seeks revenge on Batman, but a giant typewriter proves his undoing. We then get a great story involving the Joker. The Joker gives Fish everywhere his face, then tries to claim copyright to his image. And he will kill anyone who gets in the way of his plan. We then see Hugo Strange takes his revenge on Rupert Thorne, Silver St. Cloud makes a decision about her future, and Batman puts an end to the Joker's fish scheme. We then finally get a story involving Clayface 3. Preston Payne uses blood from Matt Hagen, the second Clayface, to try to change the effects of hyperpituitarism, think I murdered that, on his appearance. But the cure causes Payne's flesh to melt like wax, and forces him to periodically dissolve others into protoplasm. When Batman interferes with Payne's theft of the components necessary to reverse his condition, he may become Clayface's next victim. And then finally, before Preston Payne can complete the mechanism which will restore his humanity, Batman confronts him and all of Clayface's efforts go up in fire and smoke. 
Either he's the bravest man I ever faced, or a complete fool. I must say, Batman, that's the first time anyone's tried to stop my gunfire by running into it. No suit is bulletproof at close range. We'll make this quick now. Huh? Shoot your mouth off now, Deadshot. In review, for every person who still clings to the notion that the dark Batman is the definitive Batman, there's someone else who would say Strange Apparitions is the definitive Batman. Even though more recent Batman epics have a darker, grittier feel, we get something very different from Steve Englehart from a bygone age. Whether you enjoy this book all depends on your generation, what you enjoy in comics, and your own personal tastes. It's possible that some readers raised on modern comics may have some trouble getting into strange apparitions. It's got a slower pace and puts at least two issues worth of contemporary story into each issue. It also has a lot of things lost in today's Batman books. Things like really great villains and a different pace. One major difference is the narration. The stories are narrated to us by a mysterious narrator and characters also speak when alone. Very classical style of comic book storytelling. But it can get a bit annoying. But there are some fun spin on it. For instance when the narrator decides no need to mention how much panic the crowd was in when they were attacked by a supervillain. And it's fun but it's old fashioned. You've got to be able to put up with characters speaking their minds literally. As in Batman attacks some thugs, and he tells them, Someone walked out on me tonight, and I'm hurting in my soul, so I'm going to beat you up. You have to put up with that sort of exposition being explained by a character. It's very old-fashioned. You would never see it in today's books. And it's ridiculous dialogue for Batman. But, as I said, it was a different time. But Stephen Engelhart clearly tries to pioneer the story arc here, with an intriguing conflict between Thorn and Batman that spreads across several issues. Plus we got the typical old-fashioned token fight on a giant item, Used sometimes it's a musical instrument. Today it was a typewriter with Batman and Deadshot fighting on the typewriter, as well as the typical villain falling into water scenario, which I must admit we did get in battle for the cow recently, but it's a very old-fashioned and cliched ending to a fight. However, there are plenty of surprises in Strange Apparitions and a healthy amount of story packed in just a few issues, and among the best moments is when the Joker threatens the mayor. At first glance, writer Steve Englehart gives us traditional stories that don't break any new ground. It does begin with a rather weak two-parter starring Dr. Phosphorus, but after the slow start, this collection kicks into high gear. The third issue really then picks up, and the story becomes much more intriguing, with Hugo Strange finding out the identity of Batman. The identity bidding then gets even more interesting, and we get to learn a lot more about Rupert Thorne, and the stories are very similar to an animated series episode where Strange held an auction for Batman's identity. But what happens to Hugo Strange at the hands of Boss Thorne is rather shocking, even if the violence is played down. The very cold-hearted end to the comic story really shows us this is something completely different. However, I did get a bit confused with the ghost and the fact we didn't really get a conclusion. The final Clayface story, however, goes for melodrama and is a bit weak as a result. However, there were lots of great villains in this book, especially Thorn, who stood out as a very menacing villain, as well as the classic villains performing admirably. And yes, Bruce Wayne has a significant role in this book, but even in the 70s it's clear that Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman wears. There were plenty of feels to the 60s, Chief O'Hara making appearances and the red telephones, long monologues from Batman explaining about the technology, and it felt like the 60s show at parts. 
I felt Silver St. Cloud was much more interesting than I expected her to be, and she was really pushing Bruce to keep up his persona. I felt that she might be a very bland character, but I was pleasantly surprised, and enjoyed scenes with her. Marshall Rogers worked as the colorist for most of these stories, and if the scenery isn't shrouded in shadows or as dark as we're used to in Batman these days, I for one am not complaining about the bright colors that light up the city during the daytime. However, when night falls and the fog rolls in, Batman prowls the rooftops and the colors disappear appropriately. And the artwork, as I have mentioned before, classic. It's a variation of artists from the 70s and contains the bright colors and qualities expected within that style of book feels very dynamic within the action scenes and contains plenty of energy. It doesn't feel as menacing as something like Year One. So in conclusion, the book is a good read, very good length with an arc spreading over ten issues. The individual stories vary in quality, the odd one-off villain appearance being a bit weak, as these stories are so short there's nowhere to go with them really, but the main arc was intriguing and held me throughout. I recommend reading this, but only if you're willing to read the old-fashioned style. Many younger readers would find this narration and dialogue very odd and unnatural. You would never see it in a modern story. But this is classic Batman, and should be respected and visited by all fans. I'll be giving it 4 out of 5 Batarangs. First, I would like to thank you for coming all this way. Get to the point. <clears throat> very well. I have here... Incontestable proof of Batman's secret identity. Now, gentlemen, how much am I bid? Well, that was Strange Apparitions. As I said, I recommend it. And next time I'll be looking at Nightwing Year One. Dick Grayson is no longer Robin. Learn the legendary history of Dick Grayson and his life after he parts company with Batman. He gains advice from Superman, aids Deadman, and makes the decisions that lead him to become a new crime fighter. Look forward to that on the next BBFB. I've been Nick. Now, back to the guys. See ya. Good morning, Mr. Uh, Francis. We gentlemen of business have arrangements to discuss. Uh, arrangements? For my fish, of course. This has all been worked out far in advance, Francis. You are merely the last tiny cog in my grand design. So don't speak to me again, okay? Now, what is everyone in town talking about? Uh, your fish? I told you not to speak! <laughs>